Well, hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to see you again, and welcome back to Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. I'm Ryan Ruff, your moderator, and of course, I'll be joined by Homer in just a moment, private wealth advisor at Convergent Wealth Partners, and we're going to be getting into another wealth management, financial advising-related conversation here today. And we've got a really good one today. You know, we have a lot of conversations on this show surrounding, you know, the mindset, the strategies, the challenges that exist within a business owner's life. And today, we're going to be revisiting the idea of, of really that moment when you're approaching the sale of your business. And, and if you're an entrepreneur, the idea of selling your business has probably come up a time or two in your, in your mind. But if you ultimately decide to sell your business, it's likely that you're going to encounter two types of buyers, a financial buyer and a strategic buyer. It's a good idea during this time to consider which type of buyer makes the most sense for you and your company. So today, Homer and I are going to dissect this situation. We're going to look at the different types of buyers and ultimately ask you the question, what type of buyer should you sell your business to? So with that, let's go ahead and bring Homer out and get into today's conversation. Homer, it's good to see you today. How you doing? Hey, Ryan, good to see you as always. Uh, I think this is a really important uh, topic to consider. And, and while we're focusing on you know, two types of, of buyers, if you're selling your business to the outside world, to a third party, now, there's a number of other ways to sell your business you know, internally, whether it's to your employees, um, you know, to the management team and others. But today we're going to be focusing you know, really on, on outside buyers. And, and the first step in our process when we're reviewing that is helping you understand all of the options. But as you get to that point of recognizing really either because the business value is so high or just there's not really a good internal option that an external sale is, is where you're going to go. These are typically going to be the two types of buyers you're going to run into. So pretty important mm -hmm. uh, conversation right. to dial into. Sure, sure. So yeah, we're talking about a financial uh, buyer and of course a strategic buyer. Let's start with that financial buyer, Homer. What can entrepreneurs expect when they're dealing with this type of person? Yeah, so financial buyers effectively are professional investors that are, are more looking to invest in your business with the idea that ultimately they're going to resell it at some point in the future for a financial gain. So where they're really getting their value in the business is from ongoing cash flow. So if it's a profitable business, they'll take they'll take funds out of the business from profits. And then ultimately what they're really looking to do is grow your business and, and then get a second exit at a much higher value down the road. So again, really it's 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 a return on investment game for them. Uh, again, they're very professional investors looking for businesses where they can see a significant upside um, in the in the in the value growth of the business. Um, and and ultimately, though, um, typically what we see um, is that with typically within the next three to five years, they're going to want to sell your business again for for a game. Sure, sure. So, Homer. Let's flip back to the seller's point of view then in this you know relationship, if you will, when they're looking to deal with a financial buyer, what's the entrepreneur's role during this process? Or rather, where do they really fit into this type of the buyer's vision for the company? Yeah. So usually, but, but not always, a financial buyer is a specialist, right? So this is a, 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 a fund or a, a, a family office that is looking for a specific type of companies, whether it's specific industry um, and that they have a lot of expertise in and they want to go deep either as a roll up process or, or a vertical integration, whatever it might be. And so, again, they're looking at your business from an investment standpoint. They're not looking to um, bring in an entire management team. They're looking to invest in your business um, and ideally have you and or your team stick around to um, implement on the growth plan that typically was identified, which made them attracted to you and your business in the first place. 
So often they're going to be injecting significant capital in the business to help support that growth. Um, but it is typically going to require, you know, again, the, the involvement of the, the owner and the management team going forward. Okay, perfect, Homer. Let's break this down a little further then with the f- respect to the financial buyers. Talk to me about, you know, how are entrepreneurs uh, most likely to encounter these different types of financial buyers that exist out there? Yeah, so there's generally two distinct types of financial buyers out there. Um, a large majority of them are what people will familiarly hear as private equity groups. <clears throat> and these private equity groups are typically extremely knowledgeable, extremely sophisticated, and they do deals all day long, every day. So they're going to have very strict um, guidelines around how they're going to do due diligence, valuations. You know, they've got strong legal teams that just, again, focus on this as, as how they build their value and, and run their business. Um, I would say more increasingly, what we're starting to see come into the picture, although still much smaller than private equity groups, are single family offices. And this is typically a, a family that had a very large liquidity event of their own business. So typically 500 million, maybe a billion dollars or more. And so it's a natural fit for them to go look at how can we invest in other private businesses and maybe bring some of their own values and some of the uh, knowledge that they had uh, to those businesses. And I'd say one of the, the biggest differences we've seen between private equity groups um, and family offices is how they approach the kind of the long-term view of the business where private equity groups typically are looking to resell that business within the next three to five years. Uh, Family offices might be looking for a much longer term investment. So they might be looking for a business that they're not looking to sell. They might might want it in the balance sheet for seven, 10, 15 plus years. So uh, that will help you think through the types of financial buyers to the one that that might be a better fit for what you're looking to do there. No, this is great, Homer. I appreciate it. So now let's pivot over to that second type of buyer, which we mentioned a moment ago is that strategic buyer. So how does a strategic buyer differ, you know, differ really from the financial one? Yeah. So unlike a, a financial buyer who is looking at this typically strictly from a, a, an investment standpoint, dollar and cents standpoint, um, a financial buyer is going to look at this on how can this ec- purchase of this business enhance our existing business. So thinking it from a, you know, this all this idea of one plus one equals more than two, right? So hopefully three or, or something larger. And so they really believe that by combining these companies together, it's going to be you know, a better company um, than each of those individual companies by their, by themselves. And the word that we use around this are synergies. So they're looking for synergies that are very likely to increase the value of the business or that they think are very potential um, to increase the value of the business. So really it's, it's all about synergies where they think they can do something with this company to dramatically enhance the value of their business. Roger that Homer. So how would you say Homer, a strategic buyer sees kind of the greater value that's being created during this, uh, during this transaction process? Now, there, there's a number of ways that they look for these synergies or these values to be created. Uh, one is often access to new markets. So maybe it's a East Coast based uh, company and they're looking to break into the West Coast. And so they might see a very successful business that they can acquire and immediately without having to build it from scratch, gain a new market. Uh, it might be an expansion of product line in the same business or same industry that, again, for them to you know, build it from scratch would be much more expensive than just going out and acquiring a company in that world. Uh, oftentimes now I, we see it even more and today where, you know, it's really hard to find really good talent um, where an acquisition, you're basically buying that talent and bringing them in and they're critical people in an area that you think, again, will, will, will help you build and enhance uh, the business overall. Uh, you know, 
sometimes it's it's where they can see cost efficiencies, right? So two very similar businesses that have full, you know, C-suite executive teams and financial teams and legal teams, you know, those businesses together, you might be able to ultimately cut some of the expense out of, of the business you're acquiring and, and lead to much higher profits. You know, not so much uh, as much fun in those ones, but that's definitely a, a reality of, of some of these. Um, you know, might be a powerful um, increasing your brand and reputation because you're buying acquiring a company that uh, has been doing something unique that's that's out there. And, and then in other areas, you know, a lot of these um, synergistic companies might be looking at doing roll ups and you know a much larger company acquiring a smaller company in the same business where you know on the public markets they might be trading at you know 15 or 20 times their profit. Oftentimes you can acquire a private company, you know, more for maybe seven to 10 times their profit. And so immediately when you bring their profit in, it enhances the value of the business. So, you know, even, even just a simple roll-up strategy can work in that. Um, so in general, strategic buyers are, are much larger firms buying a much smaller business. Um, and because of these synergies that they believe are going to be there or, or done the math and they, they really are confident they're going to be there, they're often willing to pay a, a little bit higher of a price for that business than a financial buyer would. This is really good stuff, Homer. And as we mentioned a moment ago with regard to the financial buyers and that there were a few different types, are there any types of strategic buyers that folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, there's a number of different ways um, or different types of strategic buyers. One might be a, a supplier that's looking to vertically integrate. So they're going to uh, acquire businesses up or down the chain. Uh, same thing for customers. You know, they might um, be a customer and they want to acquire the supplier to gain more of that vertical integration. Uh, I would say one that we see the most often is a competitor. And again, it might be a competitor in a different market. Um, a different, uh, you know, geography or uh, just want to uh, buy that brand because of the value of that brand, um, you know, related industries. So, so not quite the same business, but, but a lot of similarities and they want to expand into that separate industry or add a new product um, into the mix. Um, so that, those are the ones that we see most common. Roger that Homer. And then I guess the big question that the audience is probably hoping I ask is, uh, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're sitting there with a the business and you're considering selling, how would an entrepreneur decide which type of buyer makes the most sense for them and their business, of course? Yeah, it's, you know, so as we always say um, to, to every uh, client that we work with, um, our job and uh, working with our with our families and help them think through these complex transitions is, you know, we know that based on how successful they are, they can make good decisions. So we're not going to tell them which one is going to be better. Our role is to you know, put all of the advantages and disadvantages of each and help them think through it. Because um, we know that if they have all the right information, they're going to be able to make a good decision. So from a financial buyer, you know, if, that might be more attractive if um, you see an opportunity to really expand the business, but you're you're not either in a position to or not wanting to risk all of your own capital for that growth. And so you can see a financial buyer coming in, you know, allowing you to take some chips off the table, reduce your risk, and also be willing to invest in the growth of the business. You know, that's going to be a, more, a financial buyer is going to be great for that. Um, if you want really flexible uh, deal terms um, and structures, you know, a financial buyer is going to typically be have more options because they're, you know, a strategic buyer is going to come in. They're typically bigger. They're going to have their deal the way it's done all the time and, and, and not a lot of flexibility. And then I think most importantly for financial buyers, it's either going to be a requirement um, or 
because you might be leaving some equity in the deal, you're going to want to stay actively involved in the business to make sure that it gets some growth. Um, where that might not be as attractive for you is if you're, you don't love the idea of debt, because typically in a financial buyer, when they buy your business, they're going to take on debt to make that acquisition and they're going to put it on the balance sheet of your company. Um, secondly, kind of the opposite of what we just talked about previously, if you're a, a, an owner that's looking to completely exit the business entirely, typically for, for financial buyers, that's not what they're interested in. They're going to want you to stick around for at least a couple of years and ensure a smooth transition. And you might be critical uh, to, the, to the growth of the business and, and will need you to stick around. Um, the other part is even though they might come in and not fully own the business, whether they, they buy more than half or not, they're going to exert a significant amount of financial control over the business. So, you know, if you don't like the idea of someone making a lot of the decisions for you, even if you're still owning a significant chunk of the business, you know, a financial buyer isn't going to be a good fit. Okay. All right. Well, let's look at the flip side then, Homer. Are there any guidelines or recommendations that you and your team talk about with clients with regard to maybe thinking about the strategic buyer side of things? Yeah. So if you're an owner, um, considering on the, on the strategic side, I think the, where that's a good fit is first and foremost, if you want the highest valuation for the company. So if there's a, a strategic buyer for your business, you're typically going to get a higher value than you would a financial buyer because of those synergies we spoke about earlier. Um, also typically a synergistic company is going to have, you know, fully baked in management teams and a strategy for growing the business, uh, internally they're not going to require you to stick around in most of the cases. So if you're not wanting to be involved in the business after the, after the transaction, uh, a strategic buyer is going to be a better fit. Um, if you want the, the, the upside from those synergies, like you see it as well as a seller and you say, I'm, you're looking for those synergies where, where one plus one can become three. Again, a synergistic buyer is going to be a better fit um, and have a better chance of creating that upside value. You know, mm -hmm. no. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, so where you might think twice about a synergistic buyer um, mm -hmm. is, you know, what if those synergies aren't realized? You know, what will happen to your company that was purchased if, you know, at the end of the day, they fire your entire C-suite, but then they don't really actually increase the value or in increase the growth. Uh, you, you might have had second thoughts about making that decision. Um the biggest one we see and, and why they they reconsider a, a strategic buyer is the morale of the employees you know mm -hmm. with a financial buyer usually your management team is sticking around often the culture can be um, kept in place more easily when you're a strategic buyer again you're gone and you know it's often a bigger company with different kind of values and and benefit structures and all of a sudden you know it can feel very different to the employees um, under this new company and also, if you think or, or worry that your uh, your customers or clients uh, would have negative reactions to a sale, to mm. where you're again completely out, different brand, different name, everything, you know, that could give you some some pause as to whether a strategic buyer is the right fit. Yeah, Homer, man, there's a ton of considerations here between the two types of buyers. Yes, of course, we mentioned a strategic or a financial buyer, but even within those two subgroups are subgroups. And of course, a lot of considerations that go with it. So Homer, for any clients out there that, uh, that you've been working with, or even folks that are listening, tuning into the audience today, uh, that are scratching their head, or maybe they're thinking they could benefit from a conversation with you and your team about which, which type of buyer might make the most sense for their company. What would be the best way they can get in touch with you to, to just have that dialogue? Yeah. Best way is going to always be reach out, phone call, send me an email, Again, before we even get to this decision, strategic buyer versus financial buyer, you know, there's going to be a lot of other 
areas we're going to have to review and, and want to make sure that you're considering before you even get to that stage, you know, or if you've already gotten to the point where, you know, you know, you're going to sell it and now you're, you know, in the process of working with an investment banker and you're starting to, to get a sense that offers will be coming in and, and you really need a second pair of eyes in the process. Again, we'd love to chat with you and, and give you the insights from the, from the number of transactions we've been through with our business owners and how we've helped them really think through it and, and make sure they're, they're making a smart decision. Fantastic. Well, Homer, look, I appreciate you jumping on here today and carving some time out of your schedule. So uh, appreciate that. And uh, look forward to being back on the next one with you and diving into another wealth topic. Sounds great, Ryan. Always enjoy these. Yeah, me too. Me too. And hey, folks, we're going to take a final moment here and thank you all as well for spending some time with us on the show today. If you took a piece of value away from today's discussion, you benefited from learning about these different types of buyers and who it is that you should sell your company to, we'll make sure you subscribe to the show on the platform that you check this out on so that you don't miss out on great conversations like these moving forward. Before Homer, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long now, but we appreciate you stopping by being with us on Advance Your Wealth. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither Integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, Integrated, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor Integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. 